Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Now, this time, this one's going to be a bit shorter because there's a few car reveals that I had missed. And one of them was actually pretty significant. One of them was really darn significant. So it gets its own, it gets its own episode. That car is the Ferrari SF90 Stradale, which is Ferrari's new flagship, if you didn't know. And by flagship, I mean like the next car, their successor to the LaFerrari. That kind of flagship. So apparently there was a flurry of last minute leaks, but despite all that, Ferrari has officially unveiled their first plug-in hybrid, dubbed the SF90 Stradale. Not their worst name. Let, let me just say that it's not their worst name. It could, could have been better, but not their worst. La, look, LaFerrari was dumb, but at least it sounds kind of cool. The car is a serious production supercar which celebrates the 90th anniversary of Scuderia Ferrari and the strong link between the company's road and track cars. Of course, the big news is the powertrain, which features a turbocharged 4-liter V8 engine that produces 769 horsepower. I thought it was 789. They might have gotten it wrong. The source I'm using, which is car scoops. Oh, okay. I jumped the gun a little bit there. Alright, so the engine itself, the turbocharged 4 liter V8, has 769 horsepower and 590 pound-feet of torque. But as you might have guessed, it also has a hybrid system, like a LaFerrari. However, it features three electric motors. One of the motors is sandwiched between the V8 and a new 8-speed dual-clutch transmission, and the other two are actually located at the front axle. If you can't put two and two together, that means this car... This new Ferrari flagship is four-wheel drive. You heard me right. Despite the LaFerrari not being four-wheel drive, this one is. This one completely is. What that means is the electric motors are powered by a 7.9 kilowatt lithium-ion battery and produce a combined output of 217 horsepower. This gives the all-wheel drive SF90 Stradale an overall output of 986 horsepower. That's almost a thousand. The LaFerrari only made 949, 950, basically. So this car has almost 50 more horsepower. It has 30-ish more horsepower. It's not low. Perhaps I was expecting more, but that's not bad, especially when you consider the fact that this car's all-wheel drive and the LaFerrari isn't. In terms of performance, the supercar can accelerate from 0 to 62 in 2.5 seconds and from 0 to 124 miles per hour in 6.7 seconds. Given enough room, the SF90 will eventually hit a top speed of 211 miles per hour. I think that's actually less than the LaFerrari, funnily enough. Furthermore, the model can travel up to 15.5 miles on electricity alone, while being powered exclusively by the front wheels. So two things to note there. One, the LaFerrari before couldn't, didn't have an, an electric-only mode. It was, it was basically a mild hybrid. That's what the LaFerrari was. It was essentially a mild hybrid that couldn't be driven in electric-only mode. Unlike the 918 and unlike the P1, which both could. Although I think all three, all four actually have fairly, well, all three actually have fairly pitiful range. The second thing to note is that when, that means when this car is being powered by the front wheels exclusively via the electric motors, it's front wheel drive. And I don't know old Ferraris very well, but I'm, I'd wager that this is the first front wheel drive Ferrari ever. And it's not a hatchback. <laughs> it's not a Ferrari hatchback. And some of you may or may not be wondering, well, what about the FF or what about the GTC for Lusso? Not the same. I don't know if, it, if this is true for the GTC for Lusso, but with the Ferrari FF, that was, was four-wheel drive up to fifth gear because it had a tiny gearbox at the front that couldn't handle a certain percentage of the engine's power and basically inactivated itself in fifth gear. So that, that, that car doesn't count. That one's four-wheel drive turned rear-wheel drive up to a certain speed. But this car... The SF90 Stradale is front-wheel drive. 
when powered in electric only mode. While plug-in hybrids aren't known for being lightweight, the SF90 Stradale tips to scales at just 3,461 pounds, so that's heavier than the LaFerrari if I remember correctly, but still very, very light when we consider a lot of a lot of hybrid cars, like the, I think the Acura NSX, that's heavier, that's 3,700 pounds-ish. 918, 3800, P136 maybe? All those are fairly heavy and that's because of the hybrid system. So that's getting with the program. Anyway, that weight figure gives the model a record-breaking power-to-weight ratio of 3.5 pounds per horsepower or 1.5 kilograms per CV, whatever CV is. Ferrari acknowledged that keeping the weight down was a challenge as the hybrid system added 595 pounds or 270 kilograms to the vehicle. However, they managed to accomplish this by using a multi-material body and chassis. These components are constructed out of a number of lightweight materials including carbon fiber and new aluminum alloys. The changes to the chassis didn't just save weight as Ferrari revealed the architecture has 20% higher bending stiffness and 40% higher torsional rigidity than previous platforms. Sticking with the performance theme, the SF90 Stradale has a new E Manetto switch mounted on the steering wheel. It allows drivers to select between four different operating modes for the powertrain. E Drive is the aforementioned EV mode, which allows the car to travel silently in the city. Hybrid mode, on the other hand, is the default setting, and it optimizes the overall efficiency of the powertrain. Performance mode keeps the V8 engine running at all times, so power is instantly and fully available when required. Lastly, Qualify mode allows the car's full potential to be unleashed as it prioritizes performance over battery charging and allows the electric motors to produce their maximum output. So basically, it's track mode. Qualify mode is their track mode, or their Corsa mode, or their whatever Ferrari does for track mode, because I think Corsa is something that Lamborghini does. Engineers also developed a new electronic side slip control, or ESSC, vehicle control system which optimizes driving dynamics. It incorporates an electric traction control system which optimally manages the, the availability of the torque, both ICE and electric, distributing it to the individual wheels to suit driving conditions and grip requirements. The ESSC also features a torque vectoring function, which relies heavily on the front electric motors, and a high-tech braking system, which allows braking torque to be split between the hydraulic system and the electric motor. So basically, ESSC is a really highly advanced torque vectoring system. That's, I guess, electronic. That's all that that is. And, and now we get to the styling. And this is where I can, uh, this is where I can go off the article here and say that it's not, remember when I called this, it's, remember when I said that this is technically a LaFerrari successor. It's their new, it's Ferrari's new flagship. It's, it doesn't look how you think it would look. Let me get a picture up here. So when I say LaFerrari successor, you're probably, sorry, you're probably expecting something as long as a LaFerrari, you know, something that is as as much of an occasion as the LaFerrari. You know, because the LaFerrari, that, that's a hypercar. That car is, I wouldn't say as close as you can get to a race car. I'm not sure I'd say that personally, but it's big for aerodynamic purposes and to fit a bunch of stuff. It looks the way that it does for a reason. And it's the size that it is for a reason. Well, the SF90 looks like a really highly modified F9 Tributo. I mean, not not even kidding. It looks like an F9 Tributo that looks like a 488 that looks like a 458. And they said that the you know they said that the four the F9 Tributo was you know a heavily modified 458 chassis, which perhaps it is, but it still looks too much like a four a 488 to me. And I will say that the SF90 is a lot better looking than the F9 Tributo, and it's got a better name. But to me, the SF90 
looks like what the F9 should have been. Or if it's an F8 Tribute, I don't remember perfectly. But it doesn't look like a hypercar in the same way that the LaFerrari does. And what I mean by that is... Don't get me wrong, the styling of the SF90 is... I, I really can't even explain it. I really can't even explain it. It's that... I can. There's only one word to explain, to describe this car, and it's really futuristic looking. Like, concept, future... You know those one-off Ferraris? This looks like that, but it's not. That's how crazy this looks. But again, to me, it still looks like what the F... But the F8, F9 should have been. It looks like a 720S competitor. That's the upshot. Is that this looks like a, a, a McLaren 720S competitor and not a P1 competitor because it doesn't it doesn't have the proportions to me that those cars did. It's not as long. It might be as wide, maybe a bit narrower. But in terms of its sheer styling, yes, all the yes, it looks like it could be a hypercar. But to me, its proportions aren't as extreme as the LaFerrari. Put it to you this way. The SF90 doesn't looks more like a 720S competitor, but not quite a Ford GT competitor. And let's take performance out of the GT, the, you know, the new Ford GT equation. Just on pure looks, this car, in terms of some of its, perhaps we'll say aerodynamic properties on the surface, is nowhere near as extreme visually as the GT. It doesn't have anywhere near the size of the flying buttresses that the GT does. It has them, and it and again it is crazy looking, but it's not it's not the same. It looks more compromised to me than the LaFerrari. You know, the LaFerrari had huge vents and you know and the doors were all sculpted and you know and they it would have huge stills and all that. You know, it looked very purpose built. Very purpose built. But this SF9, you know, this SF90 that I see, I'm not getting the same impression. I I see more like a 911 GT2 RS kind of deal. That's what I see. Not a LaFerrari kind of deal, but a GT2 RS kind of deal. You know, imagine if McLaren made a 720S LT, which they probably will one of these days, and it'd probably be a 745 LT or a 770 LT. That's what, that's what this car looks like it's a competitor to. A car that doesn't exist yet, but if McLaren made an LT version of the 720S, that's what the SF90 looks like it's a competitor to. Not... Not the Project One, not the Valkyrie, not any of those cars. It doesn't look like it's a competitor to those. It looks too much of a supercar to me. Its styling is that of a hypercar. It absolutely would be. But its overall proportions... Well, okay, some of its styling, the front, the rear end, and the engine cover, all of those look like they should be on a hypercar. But then the midsection, you know, where the cabin is, that's all supercar. And then you bring the total proportions together, and it looks more like a supercar to me. A really futuristic supercar. But I wouldn't peg this thing to have nine to have almost a thousand horsepower. I would peg it to have 860, 840, more likely than not rear-wheel drive. Again, it looks like a 720S competitor. More so than that F9, F8 Tributo, which is nuts. But that's the truth, in my eyes anyway, is it looks more like a supercar than it does a hypercar. If you put if you put a LaFerrari next to an SF90 and just disregarded how futuristic looking the SF90 was, I bet you every single time a random bystander would call the LaFerrari a hypercar and they'd call the SF90 a supercar. Although if it was a random bystander, they might even call the SF90 a hypercar just because of how, how futuristic looking it is. But again, overall proportions, this looks like it's about the size of a 488 or a 458. 
And because I can't get that out of my head, I can't get that out of my head, all, all I can see is supercar. No, another good example. If the Senna is a hypercar, not like the P1, but if that is a hypercar, the SF90 does not look like it's a competitor to that. Because it, it's not as compromising to me. It doesn't look as extreme. It looks like a supercar, in the sense that a supercar is still crazy. Absolutely crazy, but not like the Senna, not like the Valkyrie, and it's not like the Project 1. It's not like that. However, however, there are a few more things to... To note, so now that I've gone off the books, like, let's get back to the article here. On the styling front, the car is built as a radical evolution of sports cars produced over the past 20 years. The shape is instantly recognizable, but the model adopts slender LED matrix headlights, a more curved windshield, and slimmer A-pillars. The model also has aerodynamic side skirts, high-mounted intakes, and a radical rear end. The latter boasts a prominent diffuser, dual exhaust tips, and Camaro-like taillights, and what they mean by that it, they're not really Camaro-like, it's, they're Camaro-like in shape, in that they're kind of square, they're, they're kind of like a rhombus, so they have round edges and then flat sides, that's what they are, so they're kind, so yeah, they're kind of Camaro-like. If I were to explain how they're Camaro-like, imagine a 1970 Camaro, modernized, but with less circular taillights, so more like a rhombus, like a four, like a four-sided shape, with round edges and then flat tops and bottoms, so... The sides, the left and right sides, are round, are rounded, and then the bottoms and the tops. Because uh, they're mounted horizontally. The taillights are mounted horizontally. They're not vertical. That's what it looks like. Also, I have to say, with the way that they've placed the rear windshield, I think visibility is going to be awful. They pulled a European Honda Civic Type R. You know, the latest one. Not the American one, but the older one before we got the latest Civic. That Type R, the, that old one that set the record, what was that? Yeah, the 2016 Honda Civic Type R. The one that we didn't get. They connected both sides of the car with a little brace in the middle, and then put the engine cover below that, and then a little flying buttress above that with a tiny little peak window right in the middle between that and the roof. This thing will have terrible visibility. I'm sorry, god awful visibility. It's the worst. I've never seen visibility this what what I believe to be visibility this bad before. And, Lam and Lamborghinis with their, you know, with their weird rear cover, that's bad. Don't get me wrong, that's bad enough, but this is a whole nother level of bad. Just, you, the backup camera's not an option. It's man, it needs to be mandatory, which it is after, uh, I think after 2018? Maybe 2016 when they mandated it. When it became law that all cars had to have backup cameras, but yeah, just, <sighs> yeah, anyway. The rear end of the car will likely prove controversial, but its design has a purpose. Aerodynamics and downforce. As Ferrari explained, the engine cover is split into two sections. Oh, it's split into two sections, huh? The lower section, with the third brake light, is fixed, while the other is mobile. Whatever that means, it's still... The upshot is, you aren't going to be able to see out the back. Not that anyone's going to be tailgating you, but you're not going to be able to see out the back. According to the company, in urban usage or at maximum speed, the two sections are aligned and suspended over, sorry, above the engine cover, with the mobile wedge acting as an efficient fairing to the fixed element, allowing the air to flow both above and beneath the shutoff gurney. In high downforce conditions, such as driving through corners, braking, or in abrupt changes of direction, the mobile element is lowered by a pair of electric actuators, closing the lower blown area and uncovering the fixed element, generating a new tail geometry characterized by a broad load surface topped by a powerful nodler. Nolder. I gotta see this in action because none of that makes sense. Anyway, that's a lot to take in, but Ferrari says... 
the car generates 860 pounds of downforce at 155 miles per hour. The company calls this a new benchmark for high-performance road cars. And understand, this car doesn't have a spoil have a traditional spoiler or a wing. Like an ACR style, it doesn't have that. To, to get you to understand, imagine if a normal C7 Corvette without any wing on it or a normal Gen 5 Dodge Viper, Viper like a GTS, without the advanced aero kit, without any other extra aero kit on it, just the base GTS made 860 pounds of downforce, all in the body alone. That's what Ferrari is claiming here. Obviously, though, with some extra aero wizardry, but again, it doesn't it doesn't have a wing like the Senna, and it, I guess it might have one of those flip-up ones like the 720 does, but again, it's impressive that it creates that much amount of downforce without a proper wing, like an ACR or a ZR1, a, a P1, a 918. None of those. That's crazy. The futuristic styling continues in the cabin as there is an aeronautically inspired cockpit. And maybe. With a massive 16-inch digital instrument cluster, it features a center-mounted tachometer, which is flanked by navigation and infotainment display. Basically, the thing... Basically the same orientation for the da for the instrument cluster that we've seen since the 458. That's all you need to know there. Elsewhere, there's a flat-bottom three-spoke steering wheel and new touch controls, which provide easy access to commonly used features such as the climate control system. On the steering wheel? Why? I can understand putting the radio on the steering wheel and a, and a handful of other buttons, but not the climate controls! Why would you do that? Anyway, though, the model also has a heads-up display and a secondary display for passengers, which is right where, on one hand, it's right where it should be, but on the other hand, it's right where the where I think the vent should be. Anyway, they got a video, so I'm going to watch it. Maybe it'll show something about that freaky air cover, or engine cover. All right, so I looked, and I couldn't find anything. The video didn't help. Multiple videos didn't help, so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. However, I might have been wrong in saying and or assuming it didn't have a 720S style active wing, or active spoiler, I should say, because it's actually quite the opposite to how I thought. The SF, the SF90, let me get back to it, I clicked it off. Yay, okay. The SF90, I don't want to call it a bridge, but it's really hard to explain otherwise. So the gist of it is this, where the taillights are, normally that's actually see-through, that the air can go right through it. However, there's a bar, a black bar that go, that comes down from where you'd expect the active spoiler, to, active wing, yeah, active spoiler to be, and that is the way the SF90 gets more downforce at the rear, or one of the ways I should say. So instead of with the 720S, where you know where it comes up, or Chrysler Crossfire, for example, where that active wing comes up, imagine that, but inverted. And that's kind of what you have there with the SF90. The air will still scoop up, but instead of instead of it coming up and away from the body, it goes down and connects with it. It's a it's a different way of doing it. Let, let me see. Yeah, it's it's difficult to explain, but if there was the best way I can explain is if there was a bridge between both of the taillights and the center was was empty, where the air you know you could put your hand through it like an like an intake or something. The SF90 puts a bar there. Like, so it's almost like an active grill shutter, but for the wing. It's really, really weird and hard to explain, but I, I kind of like it. It's different. I don't think it's going to... I don't think doing it that way makes that much of a difference. I, I don't think that that's, you know, dramatically different than doing it the other way. You know, the normal way. But it is kind of cool. I think it's a neat little trick. <laughs> but yeah, so that's... 
The SF90, that came out 980, I think this is 986 horsepower. When you combine the en the gasoline engine and the hybrid motors and engine or and batteries, so yeah, it's three thousand four hundred ish, well three thousand four hundred and a bit pounds. It's pretty impressive. I still don't think it looks like a LaFerrari in terms of it looking like a supercar. It just doesn't look like a supercar to me. Or sorry, a hypercar. It doesn't look like a hypercar to me. It, lo it looks all all supercar. But yes, yeah, so that's one of the cars that we missed, and it's gonna be really interesting to see how that plays with a lot of the hypercars that we're getting these days. I honestly, I kind of think it's gonna get left in the dust, especially compared to the Project One, assuming that comes out, and the Valkyrie, especially assuming that comes out. It's just, it's too much car to me. It's not like the P1 or like you know, it's a bot. It's a, it's a piece of. Sorry for that. You know, with the LaFerrari or the P1, either of those cars, the body was to create downforce. It wasn't to protect you. The SF90 isn't like that. It's a body, more like because it's a body to me. It's not just a, a cheaty way of getting extra downforce, although obviously it kind of is. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't look the same to me. It doesn't look, it doesn't look like the hypercars that I've seen. Project 1, LaFerrari. P1, the Valkyrie, and so on and so forth. It's not it's not like that. It here's the perfect way to put it. Imagine if Lamborghini made an even more extreme Huracan Performante. Like imagine if they gave the Huracan the Aventador SVJ's V12 and then gave an even more extreme aerodynamic kit. That's what the SF90 is like, except it doesn't have a Performante style wing. But that's what it's like. So it's not it's not it's it doesn't look the same. Because it's not, it's not at the same scale to me. It's like a scaled-down hypercar, which is really weird. But yes, yeah, so that's that's one of the cars that we missed, the SF90 Stradale. It looks interesting. We'll have to see how fast it is when it gets around a track. I'm, I don't know if they're going to go around Nürbur the Nürburgring. They didn't do that with the LaFerrari. They didn't go around any track with the LaFerrari except for a few in Europe. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It might get on top gear. I'm hoping Laguna Seca because I want to see how fast that, that thing is there. Especially because we didn't get the LaFerrari there. A little salty about that one. I'd love to see how fast that is compared to a Viper ACR. Extreme, but... Yeah, so that's the SF90. We'll get more. And especially if I miss some, this will be an ongoing thing. But I hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to like, comment, and share this. Tell me what you think. If you've seen it, or if you're going to see it, tell me Tell me what you think it looks like. And tell me if you think it looks like a hypercar. In terms of scale. Not styling, because styling it totally does, but scale. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget, obviously don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. But if you do subscribe, you gotta hit the notification bell. That way you'll be notified of my uploads. I hope you enjoyed. I'll see you guys soon.